<laughs> Welcome. We are back to our Overflow podcast. I'm here with Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen. How you doing, Pastor? I'm well. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's a new year. Uh, I know that you set out a vision for our church. Do do you set out a vision for yourself as well? Resolutions, goals, a vision board? Definitely. Yeah? Every year. Um, haven't really sat down for this year yet. Man, my wife, we normally, all of us get together, the kids, mm-hmm. and uh, we just sit down and say, what are our goals for the year? Um, and then last year, we went back and looked everything like we put down. It's uh-huh. like, it may not come to pass that year, but it came to pass for like me right publishing my book. Okay. That was a goal we had, or me becoming a college professor. Okay. Um, you know, those things like we wrote down in like 2018, 19. Um, it didn't happen those years, but mm-hmm. it, it came to pass. And so um, we, we try to do it at least once a year, but we haven't gotten there yet. We keep memo. We just haven't found time to sit down and do it. Okay. Okay. And y'all do like a vision board or just goals? No, we just got this one little... Um, Binder, it's like a leather binder with a legal pad, and, mm. and that's where we just refer right. back to that and just write it out. It's nothing pretty. <laughs> uh, we were uh, set, trying to set like a vision, like a strap book or something mm. like that, mm-hmm. but we went to the store and got all that stuff for it, but haven't sat down and do it. Yeah, yeah, that stuff takes some time. I did a vision board for the first time last year, and it was. Because you're like, what images captivate what I'm trying to convey? Mm-hmm. And then it's this inner turmoil. Is this one saying it more than this one? Does this color work? It's a whole thing. So I made it, and um, I didn't throw it away. So I have the same vision board. I just reapplied different goals to it. Cool. Because I was like, these still these categories are still relevant. I just change mm-hmm. what, they, what they mean for me to year. Um, but that's cool to look back. I should probably start looking at that, see how... I did that a little bit, like how far, I, like what did I accomplish this year? Right. Like what were, what ended up being goals that weren't originally goals? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have paying off my car as a goal, but oh, it, it ended up happening. It happened. It happened. To God be the glory. <laughs> that beautiful, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like only your own stuff. Yeah, and then my credit score went down, so yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't have that history on there. Right. It'll the, get back up. The, the like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, all but of I've that experience that that's the truth. Yeah. So all of that happened through prayer and today we're talking about the power of a praying church. Mm-hmm. And you shared part of the scripture, Acts twelve, five through nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> you just you read the first verse. Peter was therefore kept in prison but uh but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church, and then you said, Read the rest on your own. But tell us, how did we get here? So where's where are we at in history? How did how did Peter get into prison? Right. So uh, again, the theme this year is uh, simple church, prayer, preaching, practicing our faith, and then people. And so this this was the first installment, um, just the introduction, mm-hmm. um, because I think in March I have a sermon series planned just on prayer. Okay. And then um, going through the you know, the um, Sermon on the Mount to see how mm-hmm. we practice 
what how we live our faith because that's what Jesus basically tells us how to live. So got a lot of different sermon series that's going in line with the vision for this year or the focus for the year. And so what's going on here is uh, Jesus is gone. Mm -hmm. um, the disciples, the apostles received the Holy Spirit. Now they are becoming witnesses. They're living out Acts 1 and 8. Then he tell them to go ye therefore to make disciples to all generations. Um, and they're living it out, right? He said, when you receive power, you receive power to be a witness mm -hmm. to Samaria, Judea, Jerusalem, and to the ends of the earth. And so this is what they're doing. However, people are not appreciative of it. Okay. Um, Acts chapter 3, Peter preaches, the 3,000 add to the church. Acts chapter 2, that happens. Acts chapter 3, Peter makes a, um, a lame man get up and walk. Um, Acts chapter um, 5, uh, at least 4, they are thrown in prison mm -hmm. um, for, for preaching the gospel. Acts chapter 5, um, same, they're similar. They're, no, they're, they, they're trying, they're doing what they can to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 6, we see trouble where uh, the Hellenistic um, Jews who are Christians um, they're upset because the Jews, at least the Jews and the Greeks, widows feel as if they're not receiving the same type of mm -hmm. privileges as the other ones are. So that's where we have our first discontentment within the church. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Acts chapter seven is Stephen. Though select they, they select the disciples. You asked for the history, right? I don't know he how I'm remembering all this. I, that that <laughs> is amazing. And Acts chapter seven and eight is basically a sermon. From Stephen and he and he's being crucified, mm -hmm. um, being stoned to death, and he he because he tells them, calls them uh, the Jewish people stiff-necked people because they mm -hmm. killed every prophet that ever came. Mm. Uh, and then um, Acts nine is when we see um, Paul or Saul conversion. Okay. Acts ten is Cornelius when when Peter goes to a um, uh, a Gentile, right? Someone who's not of the Jewish bloodline and baptizes him. Mm -hmm. And then we get to 12. Peter, the apostles, their names are known widely now okay. because of what they're doing throughout the Roman Empire. And so their names are known widely, what, what's going on. And, uh, and Herod Agrippa is the king mm -hmm. and, and he's trying to make a name for himself with the Jews so the Jewish people didn't like Christianity because they didn't believe Jesus was the Christ mm -hmm. or he was the Messiah so they kill James uh, they kill him uh, by cutting off his head mm -hmm. and that's in the earlier part of chapter 12 mm -hmm. and then he arrests Peter um, and he plans on the next day to kill Peter because uh, they didn't want to kill him on the Passover. Mm. So this is that's basically the history of everything that's going on here in the text, that the gospel is being shared, people's lives are being changed, but people are upset because they're doing it in Jesus' name. And so now they're trying to kill the apostles. Wow. That's a lot, because you would think that the Jewish people will be excited that one of their own is being 
exalted, shared, celebrated. Uh, so that's creating some conflict and some challenges and, right. and, and death. And I think there's the um, the title of another podcast that we've talked about is like, your purpose is the thing that may kill you. Mm. Uh, that's where we talked about Esther. And so just kind of thinking of kind of where Peter is now. He's in prison. He's chained up. Right. Um, and how he's essentially he's, he's going to get executed in the morning. Mm-hmm. So kind of looking at the church just kept praying because that's what, um, for those that haven't read, we're going to give you a little teaser of what goes on in the scripture. Um, but the church is praying for Peter. Right. They want it, it. The text doesn't say what they're praying for specifically. They're just praying for Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, in my biblical imagination, I would assume it is for his freedom or fulfilling God's purpose in, in the way that it needs to be. Um, which I think probably at that time they understood that that could potentially mean death. Right. And with the with the church's power of prayer, and we've seen prayer change things even within our own church. Now, kind of you you started here back in October twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. and you talk about why, or you talk about that the first thing you implemented was a morning prayer line. Right. How. Why did you feel that that was the first thing that you wanted to implement? Right. One, um, prayer is essential to the life of the Christian. Um, Prayer is something that drew me closer to God Mm. and was allowing me to see the hand and the the worth of God through prayer. And so um, when I was in Virginia, we started a prayer line. It was was not well-attended by my previous church, it wasn't well attended at all. And then um, it was just one lady that would get on every time we had prayer. Mm. It was one lady, and we was doing it three times a week, then we knocked it down, and we was doing it at noon. Then we knocked it down to once a week, and we started at um, 8 a.m. in the morning. And so when I came here, I already had like the infrastructure built up for it, how to go about doing it. Um, and that one lady, <laughs> uh, she still calls in now. To the Mount Zion. To Mount Zion prayer line. Wow. So she, uh, she was one that, one that helped me to realize the importance of mm. having that prayer and having that community, right? Prayer is powerful. Mm-hmm. And if the church is praying collectively together, we can change some things. And I think that 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 really was the driving force was me understanding the power of collective prayer, right? So you, you see in the introduction of the sermon, um, I didn't want to be too shady, right? Because <laughs> I didn't want to be too petty. Because uh, when 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 we first when I first introduced this to the church, you know, we was getting like hundred, one ten, one twenty five, every morning, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wow. That that many people were jumping on the prayer line. I know. At first, I was I was naive, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh man, this is a praying church. But it was a new kid on the block. Yeah. Uh, it was something that people had never had before, and not, they had done before. I'm praying. Um, and we were living at this time in like a three bedroom house, and 
the small house, so my office and everything right there in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, so we were, uh, we'll be up and and we'll be going for it, praying and people jumping on and people sharing on Facebook and stuff. Then over the years, it's just going and numbers, at least months, numbers start to yeah. go down, decline. Mm-hmm. But for years now, we've had a steady group of people mm-hmm. um, between about 36 and 45 people every Monday, Wednesday, Friday that has become its own community. Mm-hmm. Um, that when someone does not ask for a prayer request, people are like, where is this person? Where is this person? Because they normally... It's the same people. Mm. So everybody know. And if someone does not say anything, then everyone's like, where's this person at? Mm. Um, so it's about, like I said, about 35 to 40, 40 some people call in. and But it's about 15 people that are consistently asking for the prayer request. And so it has become its own community. Uh, we've seen lives change through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the, the church is being held together because of that prayer line. Mm-hmm. Um, because people are really consulting and um, going to God on behalf of the church and uh, for the people of the church. Wow, that's powerful. Shout out to the to the loyal 45. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, shout out to Mother Joyce Johnson. <laughs> Yo, she's on the prayer line every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and frantic as she, she can't me. get on. Uh, shout out to you for helping her with her tablet so she can watch worship and stuff. But she gets on there and she calls out everybody name. Everybody by name. <laughs> and then she gives a news update. So if you, somebody then dies, you know, we was praying. We were Sydney Portier. We praying for everybody. It does not matter. Uh, they whatever, remember what, or not. Whatever is going on, we praying for it. The Mother George, uh, Mother Henderson. Um, she's on um, every more every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if she can't get on, though, it's like. Lord, I thought I wasn't gonna be able to get on. Like people like crave it, like need it. Mm. Pam Sword with her supernatural prayer expecting list. It's just so many names we can call. I don't want to get in trouble for calling those three names and not calling <laughs> others. But it's just like people have really um, taken that prayer line, and it's a community now mm-hmm. of prayers and people and believers. And so I'm grateful for it. Yeah, and it's definitely great to have that community because, <clears throat> excuse me, we all need those those people, those prayer warriors, right? Those mm-hmm. prayer warriors in our life. And I think at times um, we don't always ask for it either. I think the, the challenge can become that asking for someone to pray for you is a sign of weakness right. and not a sign of strength. And I will say through... These um, this sermon series and previous series, I'm learning that prayer is powerful. Right. Not just the results of prayer, but the community that it brings together mm-hmm. to pray. Uh, and I think that that's a space that I had never really explored before. Right. Like you said, no, people just look at prayer as a result-driven activity. Yes. That I'm only praying for something to happen. Yes. But when you, it's like um, the more you talk to someone, the more you know them. Mm -hmm. And the more you know them, the more you will know how to approach them. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with prayer. 
more we talk to God, the more we'll know God, and then the more we'll be able to know how to approach God. The problem we face with prayer um, is many people really do not know who they're praying to. Hmm. So they pray amiss. Their prayers does not match, request does not match the God in which they're praying to. Uh, can you give an example of that? Yeah, that example of uh, uh, buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> and you, God, please let me hit what? <laughs> oh, at the casino, or or you get pulled over and you drunk, right? Lord, don't let me get in this. Mm. I mean, you, you feel, uh, now, now, we know we can ask anything, but also know who you're praying to. Mm-hmm. And we serve a God of justice. We do. Right? And not only you know he's a love and kindness, but he's also a God of justice, and, and so we got to know who, who we're praying to, and people really don't know, and so they they pray for things, and, and then when God does not answer them, they're upset about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even even for even for the simplest thing, not simplest, but the difficult thing of a loved one that's sick, and we pray that God would heal them. The healing sometimes don't happen on this side. Right. The healing happens on the other side. And, and when God does not answer those prayers, then people get upset and say, God don't exist because he didn't save my son, my brother, mm-hmm. my sister. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, and so not knowing who God is is sometimes hinder us in our prayers for for really, because prayer helps us more, more so than anything mm-hmm. um, because it allows us to develop that relationship with God. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think definitely in times of turmoil, we want it to turn around and be good mm-hmm. in our favor, right? Because right. the scriptures do say that, you know, it, it's all working for our good, and but we want our good now. Right. I, I pray for that lottery ticket to hit now. <laughs> I pray to get out of that ticket now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and and that's, that's all the challenging part, because you're right. Like, who... Knowing all all of God, not just the loving side, mm-hmm. but the justice side. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament for a reason. Right. And so knowing who God is in both of those spaces. Same God, but, you know, just like we have different parts of our personality when we're in different spaces. I'm sure when you're... When you're in uniform and or you were working in the in the army, you had a different personality. Mm-hmm. On the basketball court, I'm not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to understand, you know, that that's um, as reflections of God. He has he has that as well. Right. Uh, and so looking at uh, and kind of talking about with prayer, you you say that um, you said you heard someone ask a question. If you're going to pray, why worry? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to worry, why pray? And I feel that the reason that. W- prayer and worry tend to be synonymous with us is that because we don't see the results or you know we're emotionally attached to whatever it is that we're praying for it's hard to let that go and and give it to god and we i've I've definitely heard people like give it to god when they're like fed up with it they'd be like it's in god's hands now so what (laughs) up (laughs) <laughs> Yo, I think I think I got that from Soul Food, Big Mama. I okay. Coming to me now, Big Mama <laughs> said, "If you gonna pray, why worry? If you gonna worry, why pray?" As to say, um, your faith, mm-hmm. right? If you gonna pray about it, then it's in God's control. 
But if you're going to worry about it, why even pray about it? Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus tells us, no, um, be anxious. At least don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things be added unto you. We, we, we hear these scriptures and we hear these commands, but sometimes it's difficult because, like you said, we're in need of the right now mm-hmm. and we can't see the tomorrow or the next hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we need him in this moment. Mm-hmm. And if he don't come, he don't exist. And so worry or anxiousness and anxiety begins to build up. Um, but we got to learn how to calm our thinking mm-hmm. and center our thinking on God even in the most difficult situations. And I think that comes with uh, our mental ability to focus in on who God is and, and just trust him um, to do what he do, does best. And sometimes that's beyond our control. Mm-hmm. But things that are within our control is, is being faithful. And kind of your first point of them being faithful prayers, like from from what I read in the scripture, it doesn't seem that the church was told to pray. Right. They just started praying. Mm-hmm. They were on one accord. Right. And just started praying. So to me, that shows that there was. Well, well, well I have two questions. One, there's a cohesiveness within the church that they felt this this need, desire to all come together and pray. So they are attuned to, to God in their own way. And then two, do you think it was one church or multiple churches? Right. So at this time, it's, it's just one church. One right? church. Okay. Um, um, Paul and the other missionaries really haven't gone out yet. Um, they're really just doing the Jerusalem portion. Okay. Um, and so I would attribute the behavior of the church to the teaching of the apostles. They practiced what they had learned. Mm. Right? They had been taught in difficult circumstances. They had to have been. Right. Know, we don't see it. They had to have been mm-hmm. taught. When things are difficult, at least not even difficult, you need to be praying. Because we see in Acts chapter 2, and something I'm preaching this Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, that they they prayed together often. Mm-hmm. They were always in prayer. And so now when there's a crisis, is nothing new to them. Mm. They didn't have to go and learn how to pray. They already knew how to pray. They just was doing what they've always done before. Like like in the sermon, I say they didn't they didn't say, Hey, let's get some bail money. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, Hey, let's go talk to the king, see if he'll let Peter go. They go talk to the King of Kings, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um so their prayer, um their their action of prayer it should be attributed to their discipline and their teaching of the teaching of the apostles to train them that prayer is the best way rather than go and tear stuff down or act a fool in the streets. Mm. The power, the power of prayer, knowing what prayer can do. Because you, um, you make another note in your, in your sermon that the church understands prayer can, 
prayer can go where we can't go, mm-hmm. handle what we can't hold, and do what we are unable to do. There's power in prayer. And I think you, you bring up a really strong point in that if we're upset or if there's something that's not going our way, the result is not to destroy. Mm-hmm. The, that's not what we should do. That shouldn't be our first response is to act in that way because it's, it's not solving anything. Right. The answers are, are there um, in prayer with each other, coming together in community. Uh, and even you have another note that says prayer hooks us with the healer because right. most likely we're praying because there's some sort of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that we're trying to to either work through or something we're trying to celebrate, getting over, um, and prayer is that direct line. How, how Why do we miss this line so much? I think it goes back to what you said, you know. Uh, we want things immediately. And prayer, sometimes our prayers are not answered on the spot. Sometimes they are. And so often people... Um, we we fail to develop as this church. I would think they had already developed a routine for prayer, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, they develop a routine for prayer, like we should have already with our own lives. We should have a routine. How are we praying uh, routinely? What what are we going? To, how do our day looks with prayer? Not only should it be some routine prayers, but it's also some spontaneous prayers mm. where we pray on the spot. Uh, when we hear something or we see something, we driving down the road, we see a terrible accident, uh, you should be praying. Uh, you know, just something to just consulting God. Because prayer is so unique for us because our, um, we have the ability to engage with the Creator. Mm. We have this ability to talk to the Master. Um, we don't have to have anyone to go on our behalf. We can do we do it ourselves. Um, no one has to speak to God for us. We can speak to God on our own. And I think that's the uniqueness of Christianity, that we don't need a go-between because Jesus is the go-between. And so when I say, you know, the divine, we, 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 we have a special connection with God himself. And so just looking at this church, they were faithful because... They kept praying even when they didn't know what would happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They they started praying even though they, they didn't know what the outcome may have been. They, they started praying e- even though it was terrible times even for them because if they killed James, they mm-hmm. killed Peter, Who who's next Right. of the believers? Yeah. But they were faithful in their prayers that they committed themselves to stay with it even though they couldn't see uh, what would be next. Wow, that's a that's powerful. Like to be that focused, right? And and just and so faithful with with their prayers, and I think and there's a and there's a piece that comes with that too, right? Because you are being faithful with your prayers, being consistent, having a prayer community, you can be at peace mm-hmm. and and know that God is moving and people are going to Him on your behalf as well. So kind of thinking about how Peter sitting there in prison, chained to these two guards, you know, just like the the scripture makes a specific point to identify that he's sleeping, that he's comfortable. Right. So to me, I, in my biblical imagination, I'm like just imagining like 
how this prison is set up. It's not, it's definitely not historically accurate, but in my mind, <laughs> there's like the main entrance to the prison that's got two guards. And then there's another level that's got two guards. Some, in other words, deep down in these stairs. And then you go through another like iron locked door and you get to the door that Peter's behind that has two guards on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then he's in there chained to two other guards. Right. Like, like there's no sun coming in there. It is it is dark. It is damp. Uh, whatever they use for light, candles probably, oil and lamps. And to be sitting down there, having no reference of day, hour, when food is coming, right. like you, to to be calm, to sleep. I don't know. That that's a whole yeah, different level. So, yeah. No. Often I, I preach this sermon a couple of times, but often I focus on Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the focus for this was particularly on the church. Yeah. And so I say, you know, they were faithful in prayer, but they was also focused in their prayers. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when I bring up that point, like, yo, what made Peter so comfortable on a night of execution? Right. What What made him so comfortable? And that's that's what came to mind. Peter had to know that the church was praying. I'm pretty sure he said his prayer. Mm-hmm. And he went to sleep. What? I'm chained <laughs> to two other men. Uh, I'm in jail, and I know my life is about to come to an end, and you know I don't want to die. So I'm not sleeping. I'm acting a fool. I'm yelling. I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to do whatever I can, but, but this man is knocked out. Gone. Gone. Right? And, and the church has no, no awareness of what's going on while they're praying. They're just praying. So that's why I say the church is focused. They're just praying. Peter is asleep. And while he's sleeping, the Bible said an angel comes in, mm-hmm. shines or illuminates the place. You know, when you mm-hmm. sleep, light come on. What you do? Yeah. You wake up. Okay. Peter, Peter stays asleep. The Bible said he had yeah, that good sleep. Yeah, he was in the, the REM sleep. The rapid eye movement knocked out. And so the Bible said the angel comes in and he literally shoves or strikes or pushes Peter to wake him up. Takes off his chains. Tell him to clothe himself, put his sandals on, and let's go. Peter didn't took off all his clothes. He comfortable in this place. You know what I'm saying? He knocked out. And the church is still playing, praying. The angel is intervening. But the church is still praying. Mm. Right? He, he, uh, the church is praying. And the angel gets Peter. Takes him through all these gates and doors and things. And they get to the city gate. And it opens on his own. They walk through it. They walk down the road. And Peter's like... He, he feels as if he's been in a trance. Mm-hmm. He feels as if he's dreaming. But to come to find out, he says, hey, the Lord that sent the angel mm-hmm. to deliver me, this was nobody but God. That's, but the church was still praying. They didn't know, right? Even in my speaking now, I want to talk about Peter, what he was saying. But <laughs> but that's, that's, not, that's not the goal. That's not yeah. the big idea. The big idea is the church mm-hmm. is still praying. They're focused in their praying, even though they don't know the results of their prayer. 
they're focusing mm -hmm. in their praying, even though they don't know what God is doing while they're praying. And even though we have prayers now, even though we have a prayer list now, even though we may be in prayer meeting, we don't know what God is doing to make things happen on our behalf. So we just keep on praying. We just keep on praying. And, and, um, and I, I, that's, that's why I say we got to be focused with our prayers. Mm -hmm. um, there's power when we're focused with our prayers because we don't know what God is doing. No. All we know what we're supposed to do, and that is to pray. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. The scripture doesn't say what they prayed for, how they, um, what specifically they may have asked for. Because even to think that the angel's light shone in the room and he still had to wake up Peter. So, like, where were the guards? How did the guards not get woken up, right? So, like, that all has to be, in my, I'm, my thinking is that that would have to be part of the, the prayer. Like, not specifically the guards don't wake up, but let Peter get out unharmed. Mm -hmm. give, give Peter a, free, uh, a straight path to, right. to get out of the city. Uh, and then, but yeah, they have to be, have to be focused. So Peter's out, Peter's free. He's, well, he's a fugitive. Right. <laughs> and he goes to the house of Rhoda. Do we know who Rhoda is? Is this the first mention of her? It's the house of Mary, John Mark, mothers. It's, okay. it's her house. Um, but it's the first mentioning of Rhoda. Um, she's just a little girl that's there. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and I imagine uh, how I want to, like how it reads, it reads as if Peter just kind of strolled up and right. on the door. No, yeah, so, <laughs> no, my imagination too. Like, he, I see him as hooded, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Glasses on, uh, dark clothes, uh, because... Um, in those days they had a gate then they have a door to the house so in order to get to the house you got to first come through the gate mm -hmm. and so um, I see him just standing you know, um, trying to hide trying to blend in knock on the gate and I said you know once he knock on that gate somebody's like hey Rhoda go answer that door yeah and go, go see who's at the door and then they say hey it's Peter let me in Right, she like who? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, and, and so she like who? And she like it's 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 Peter. Let me in. And uh, what they were praying for was at the gate. Mm. They were faithful. They were focused in that prayer. But they still can understand the fulfillment of their prayers. What they've been asking for. Maybe. I don't know what they're asking for. I'm pretty sure it's for the freedom of Peter. And what they were praying for is now standing in front of them. But nobody believes it. Right? Right. Rhoda, Rhoda believes, but she's so excited she forgets to open the gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She she's so happy that it's Peter that the gate is so that God had answered that prayer that she forget to open the door. So she runs back inside and say, "Hey, Peter is at the door." And the people said, "No, that that's not Peter." She said, "Yeah, it's Peter. He's at the gate." And they said, "No, you you've lost uh, you know like like your sense of reality, mm -hmm. right? 
uh, they say you're beside yourself. Mm -hmm. You're beside yourself. You, something is wrong with you. That that's not Peter. She said it is Peter. He is at the gate, and and oftentimes I think as I related to it in the sermon. Um, that when we pray for things that are beyond what people can actually experience themselves or pray for things that um, that people would think are beyond us, they would tell us we've lost sense with reality. Mm -hmm. And it's not until what we've been praying for come knocking on the door oh. that we can say that was nobody but the Lord. Yeah. And, and and so this is, they say you lost sense of reality, and they, they be, they're like, oh, it may be Peter. But um, it's his angel. He, right. he must be. He must have died already, and now he's come um, to check on us as an angel. And she like, no, nah, this is the physical body of Peter, who is the bishop of the church. He's the ruler. You no, know, he's over the church. He's their pastor, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and, uh, and while we're there, a great thing I want to say this too. It's good to see a church that's praying for a pastor that's in jail. I, I don't I know. Pray, I don't know. It's like I pray if I go to jail, the church go to praying. P a p r a y rather than praying. P r e y. You hear what I'm saying? Um, but uh, they go to praying, and Peter goes to knocking, and Rhoda was like, "It's Peter," and they was like, "No, you crazy." It's not Peter, right? And, and I refer, refer to in the sermon of the church um, that prays for rain. Yeah. And then when when one of the members walk up with an umbrella, they look at her crazy. Yeah. They say, well, I guess if we're going to pray for something, we need to expect it to come to pass. And oftentimes our expectations are lower than our prayers. We yeah. pray for something that we really don't even expect God to do it. And then when God is able to make it come to pass, we're shocked in awe or we just, <coughs> we can't believe or won't believe what he said. So I think that's like you beside yourself. Which I think is so, so like our first point like we talked about earlier is like people are praying and expecting things to happen now. Like their expectations are so high. And and so quick and so brash that they want the, the answer to their prayer then. Then we're here and we're seeing that the people that have been praying are, um, they don't believe the thing that they prayed for. It's just, it's so, it's interesting to see the different expectations of prayer. But it's almost as if the two need to like meld together and be consistent prayer with expectations that it's going to happen. Um, and I think that's something us as a church need to, to start to work on. Because I know for us here, I know we're praying for um, money to build a new building. Right. And I remember when we were trying to pay off the mortgage, I, I felt it in the church that everyone was praying towards this goal. Mm. And we got it. We accomplished it. God provided for that. And now that we're asking for this other building, I don't feel it because I think there's part of us where it's like, well, we got that. I don't know if we, I don't know if my prayers are big enough mm. to get 
to get the new building. Right. And there's a there has to be some way to remove that lid. And I think Rhoda kind of represents that. Like she, you, she's a child, kind of as as Jesus said, and a child will lead them. Mm-hmm. Have childlike faith, and she's showing them again another example in the Bible of that childlike faith of no this is this is peter we pray for peter peter is here why wouldn't peter be here because we pray for peter and just seeing the the adults um perspective of like you didn't see what you did discrediting the child discrediting their faith uh in the and what you've instilled in them i think it's challenging i'm not a parent so i don't know how all that works (laughs) but it's just you know (laughs) uh to refer to uh, like the the excitement um the intentionality of of what we're trying to do with this building project mm-hmm. it's um, um we we definitely have to put it in front of people more um to see the the value of it and how impactful it'll be for not just Mount Zion but for the city of Madison um and, and then you know that that buy-in is what, or excitement, or gathering of it, and I guess it's only gonna come through prayer. <laughs> uh, that that we say, hey, this is what we want. Now, now a lot of, now this has been something that's been on the church since two thousand six. Oh wow! Um, that they, you know, they started raising funds back then for, for what, for what we're trying to do today, and so. Um, Many of the senior members or older members have this excitement, but those who newer members are like, oh, this is my first time hearing of it. Mm-hmm. And so how do we, we, we really figure that out? But I think it's through prayer um, that and I pray that when we go into the building that we're debt free. Mm-hmm. That's my prayer. Um, and so I know that's a lot of hard work that I'm about to do on my end coupled with prayer because oftentimes people think just because you pray about it it'll happen also mm-hmm. so I'm going to pray for this job but I'm going to sit on this couch and not apply for anything mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for this healing uh, but the doctor told me I shouldn't be eating these certain things but I'm going to keep eating or or, or I was I forget what book I was reading but it says sometimes we choose to die mm. Uh, because you you were told years ago to stop smoking, but you kept smoking, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or exercise, and you failed to do that to get your heart strengthened. And so, I don't want in prayer is some work that goes along with prayer. Um, you just can't say I'm oh I I didn't prayed about it and I'm good. Nah, it's some it's some work required for this task also that you're trying to complete. So if you want something done. God to give you the strength to do it, but you just, it, it, it's not some things just won't just fall in your lap. Yeah. And so as yeah, they don't. You have to work. You have to work towards it. Just kind of with anything um, that's part of this life, you have to you have to work for it. Spiritual life, physical mm-hmm. life. Uh, so as we begin to wrap up, what are ways that either uh, people who are listening and people that want to connect. How can they be part of our praying church? All right. So they can join us Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 a.m. on our prayer call. Uh, And then um, the number will be in the show notes. 
Yes, it will. Okay. <laughs> All right. They can join us on um, on um, on Wednesday nights at six p.m. Um, where we have prayer virtually now since we're not in the building. And uh, every Saturday, the prayer and fasting ministry um, they meet and they pray together. Um, so those th- those some some areas that we have here here at the church um, where people connect and be a part of a praying church. Great. So reference those show notes and connect with Mount Zion and uh, so that you can be part of our praying church. Uh, thank you, Pastor, again for another wonderful conversation. Um, and continue to, to practice your prayer life. Yeah. Uh, look for it. The evidence will be there as you continue to stay focused and faithful just as the church was praying for and Peter. I'm going to say one last thing. Um, I would say with prayer, um, write out your prayer request okay. and date it. Keep you like a prayer journal. Okay. Um, and then when God answers that prayer, put the date on it. Mm. Because that will give you physical evidence that God still answers prayers. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Thank you for another wonderful session of the MTZ Overflow. Uh, Continue to look for more podcasts and conversations that we have with Pastor Allen and even some of our other ministers. Uh, But continue to stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed.